0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW route. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: After a two and six start to the 2022 season, the Steelers, now at 7-8, and eight, remain in the hunt for a playoff spot. A big reason for the turnaround in their season is a simple change in their philosophy. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to the Cutting Room Floor. The thing that most stood out to me in the game against the Raiders watching the film was just how consistently dominant Cameron Hayward was in this game. Every play. He was double teamed. He was in the backfield. He was making plays. He was chasing the quarterback. He was disrupting the timing. The play, he was double teamed. He pushed back the offensive lineman, jumped up and batted the ball down. He was double-teamed on that play. It didn't matter. Cameron Hayward was an absolute force in that game. Ended up with two sacks, a pass defensed, three tackles for a loss, two quarterback hits, and seven tackles. That's second in passes defended only to Cameron Sutton. First on the team in sacks, second in tackles, First in tackles for loss, first in quarterback hits. Cameron Hayward had an outstanding game of consistent impact. And he is an enormous reason why the Steelers absolutely destroyed the Oakland Raiders offense for much, not all, much of the game. After the first drive, the Raiders did almost nothing for the rest of the game. This is not just one good game. This is not a fluke for Cameron Hayward. The reason we saw that level of impact from Cameron Hayward is, is one, number one, because Cameron Hayward... Is an amazing football player. That's number one. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not giving away credit to someone else for what he does. Right, the work he puts in and the talent he has. But we saw earlier in the season he wasn't being able to do the same, and the Steelers were wearing down. You would see parts where the, the other team would just be able to attack them and get big drives off. I have a theory on how this changed, and it lines up pretty well with the bye week. Before the bye week, the Steelers were playing right around 80 snaps on defense per game. That was the third most defensive snaps per game played in the NFL before the bye week, the first eight games of the season. Since the bye week, the Steelers have played the fewest defensive snaps per game in the NFL. From the third most, at right around 80, to the fewest at 67 snaps per game. Now, that's 13 snaps. You may sit there and think, okay, 13 snaps, that's not a big deal. When you consider the Steelers play three defensive linemen about 30% of the time, that's that's roughly, right? Uh, And the other 70%, they play two. Those 13 snaps become 30. 30 defensive snaps for the defensive linemen a game right because there's roughly 2.3 defensive linemen per snap and 13 snaps you've got 30 a game if Cameron Hayward takes 10 of those Larry Gajobi takes 8 that's 12 snaps where you have a Isaiah Loudermilk a DeMarvin Leal a Chris Wormley instead of a a Cameron Hayward or a Larry Jovi, who have been phenomenal this season. When you look at how often the backup defensive linemen have had to play since the bye week, that's almost a 60% increase in the amount of snaps your backup defensive linemen get. You're going from roughly 20 to over 30. Snaps a game, twenty mid twenties to forty, somewhere in that range. Right, that's that's the kind of jump up we're talking about for backup defensive linemen. That's the difference. That that's a scoring drive. I mean, the the difference between a Cameron Hayward and Alario Gonjovi when you watch the tape and, and any of the other defensive linemen they have. It's a big drop-off. It's a big opportunity for the other team's offense to get something going, to get a little bit of momentum, to get some execution. Maybe have a little bit better chance to do something when Cameron Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi come back in. But the Steelers have been able to keep Cameron Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi snaps down while keeping the percentage of the game that they are on the field high because they have reduced the number of total snaps per game. And when you watch the defense, you see that. You see Cameron Hayward out there making a difference. You see Larry Ogunjobi out there making a difference game in, game out. Almost every game since the bye week, one of those two guys has been impactful. In that time period, outside of the game against the Bengals, that's the only one of the last seven games the Steelers have allowed 20 points or more on defense. One time in seven games. Every six out of seven games have been in the teens in scoring. The defense has given up. Not only has that been improved play from the defense because of the reduced workload, They're a little fresher. But the Steelers reducing the amount of snaps the defense gets is also reducing the amount of drives they get, the other team gets. The number of possessions per game are lower. So you just have fewer chances to score. The defense stays fresher. You control the game. This is the change in the Steelers' philosophy that has led to a turnaround from 2 and 6 to after the bye week the Steelers are now 5 and 2 <laughs> yes i know the schedule got easier after the bye i know that but this team is flat out playing better they're beating teams that are in the peripheral you know playoff picture like they are they're now beating those teams. They weren't really early in the season. They lost to the Jets. They lost to the Patriots. They lost to the Browns. Then they lost to good teams, too. Now the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're winning those games. A lot of those games. There's been disappointments, Obviously, the Ravens game. <laughs> looms large in any discussion here that's a huge loss and a game that should have been won multiple times over and would have had the steelers 8 and 7 in the situation they are in is a lot different than 7 and 8 8 and 7 would be a much better position for the pittsburgh steelers to be in but they're not there's multiple ways you keep the offense on the field you run up the clock you you know control the game like the Steelers have been doing a much better job of one is running the ball anytime you run the ball the clock is moving if you're running the ball successfully you're still not ripping off 20 30 yard plays and then you know the clock stops if you're throwing the ball a lot You're getting, you know, maybe an 18-yard pass here and then an incompletion. Clock stops. You throw to Deontay Johnson, he runs it out of bounds. Clock, you know, you you get all these things. The clock just moves more when you run. But also, a short passing game, a possession-based passing game, where you're not committing turnovers and you're just slowly moving the ball up the field, also controls the clock. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been working this kind of offense all year. But since the bye week, with the run game improvement, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been able to pull it off successfully instead of just trying to do it. And it's making a huge difference. I don't think this is a playoff team. Simply because every time in the past, the Steelers have had to do this where they've covered for the Steelers' defense by controlling the ball on offense. When you go and you face a high end team, the offense isn't good enough to outscore them. Like this, this offense is not going to hang with the Chiefs and the Bills and the defense. Isn't doesn't have the depth, doesn't have the they just don't have it to play a game like that and shut down a high powered offense to the point that this the Steelers offense could score more than them. This is not going to happen. But this strategy is working to give the Steelers really good chances to beat teams that are at the same level of them. <sighs> And I have to kind of question even that. Like, honestly, with T.J. Watt not who he's been in the past, uh, hopefully he gets back there, obviously. Cameron Hayward, not the same player he's been for a decent chunk of this season. Injuries, things like that. This Steelers team, in my opinion, is beating a lot of teams that are yeah, kind of better than them. I don't think this team is that good at all. Your best receiver is a rookie with a very limited route tree. Your run game was non-existent for a while. Your offensive line is brand new and 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 figuring stuff out, and they don't have anyone on that line that's really a stud offensive lineman. Your quarterback's a rookie who's finding his way. I've got to say, it it is impressive, uh, the growth we've seen from Kenny Pickett, especially mentally. And it's a big part of this equation as well. Uh, We're going to talk about that in the second half of the show. But the Pittsburgh Steelers change in philosophy here to control the game, to control the clock is maximizing the players they have on defense, especially the defensive line. And that's the that's the secret to their wins. That's honestly uh, a point I really want to drive home here, that one of the main keys to their wins and the improvement in the defense since the bye week is a change in offensive philosophy and to go along with run success, successfully running the ball, that has allowed this team to keep that defense fresh, to keep Cameron Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi on the field for a higher percentage of plays without wearing them down. It's a big deal. It, it really, it's hard for me to, to, to overstate how important that is. To just control the game, to have control of the game, is so important in football. And I don't think people realize how much that difference makes throughout the course of a game and throughout the course of multiple games and into a full season. All right, that's our first half of the show. Stay tuned. We'll go to a little commercial break here and we'll be back with the second half Welcome back, Steeler fans. I'm your host Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to the Cutting Room Floor. The Cutting Room Floor is brought to you as always by behindthesteelcurtain.com and behind the steel curtains family of podcasts. Make sure you're checking in all of our shows. Listening wherever you are listening to this, you can listen to every single podcast on the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts. And make sure you're clicking over to be findthesteelcurtin.com for all your Steelers news and information stories everything you want about the Pittsburgh Steelers we got it first half of this show we talked about the change in team philosophy now i want i want to bring up specifically Cameron Hayward who in seven games since the bye week has had five and a half sacks in seven games. That's a really good pace. He's had seven tackles for a loss, 11 quarterback hits in those games. Before the bye, the Steelers had played eight games. And yet the second seven games that he's played account for five and a half of his eight and a half sacks so three in the first eight, five and a half in the next seven, seven quarterback hits in the first eight games 11 in the next seven, five tackles for a loss compared to uh, seven overall just a much better statistical performance from Cameron Hayward since he's been back since since the bye week, since TJ Watt's been back and since his snaps have started going down, especially the last couple of games where we have seen his snaps really, the the snaps really take hold, you know, the last four games. Cameron Hayward has four and a half sacks in the last four games. It's a pretty good thing, right? He, He is really doing well he's really responding he's really having a great turnaround to the end of his season here uh from some spotty play is what i'll call it some inconsistent play it's not what we're used to whether he was banged up or tired or whatever but even if you're banged up fewer snaps that's a great thing for a banged up player help them put less wear on it get a little better recovery these are good things I want to talk about the offense, specifically Kenny Pickett. How Kenny Pickett has uh, been a big part of the Steelers' turnaround here. Kenny Pickett, before the bye, threw 165 passes. Since the bye week, he's thrown 168. So, roughly very similar sample size in the number of passes thrown. Before the bye, those 165 passes went for 962 yards for 5.83 yards per attempt. Since the bye week, 168 uh, pass attempts, 1,079 yards. That's 6.42 yards per attempt. That's 0.6 yards per attempt better. That's a nice improvement. It's not that big a deal. Uh, Before the bye, he had two touchdowns. Since the bye, three touchdowns. That's... You know, it, it's three is better than two, but it's not—it's not a big increase. That's more in the in the margin of of noise kind of situation. Uh, that's not a really impressive change. Before both before the buy and since the buy, Kenny Pickett has been sacked twelve times, both times both ways. Uh, so that hasn't really been a big change. The big change has been interceptions. Before the bye, in 165 pass attempts, Kenny Pickett threw eight interceptions. Since the bye week, in 168 passes, Kenny Pickett has thrown one interception. Dropping an interception rate from 4.8% before the bye to 0.6% afterwards. That's a huge step in the development of a quarterback. But it's not just being more cautious either. Oftentimes when you get someone being more cautious, you'll see their effectiveness go down. Whereas we've actually seen Kenny Pickett improve as he's making fewer mistakes. Before... The bye week, by far, Kenny Pickett's most targeted player was Deontay Johnson, thirty-nine targets in eight in uh, the games he played. I was going to say eight games, but that's Kenny Pickett did not play all eight games. I think he played four. He was involved in four of them, five, something like that. Deontay Johnson, he targeted him thirty-nine times. Johnson caught 21 of those passes for 172 yards. That's a little over 8 yards per reception. It's under 5 yards per target. He had a 54% completion percentage to Deontay Johnson. They were not on the same page, and they weren't playing well together. In that same time period, Pat Fryermuth had 22 targets. Compared to Deontay Johnson's 39, that's a you know almost over half, but not much over half the number of targets Deontay Johnson got. Pat Fryermuth, 180 yards. Deontay Johnson's faster. Deontay Johnson's a better route runner than Pat Fryermoth, but Pat Fryermoth had more yards than Deontay Johnson did on slightly over half the targets. The Steelers traded Chase Claypool, who was one of the better targets Pickett had before the bye. His best was George Pickens, 25 targets, 17 receptions, 68% completion percentage, 223 yards, and one of his two touchdowns. When we look at after the bye week, Deontay Johnson and Pat moves both have 36 targets. Kenny Pickett really increased. I think I think the overall offense too focused much more on Pat Fryermuth to where he, he he's up significantly to tied for the lead in targets from fourth in targets and in and in, in before the bye week from Kenny Pickett to tied for first. He those thirty six targets have gone for two hundred and ninety six yards, nearly a seventy percent completion percentage. Really, really good. <laughs> like, like, really, really good numbers here. Uh, Deontay Johnson also has 36 targets. He caught 23 of them. It's a 63% catch rate. It's it's almost exactly 10% higher catch rate than the first before the buy. For 257 yards. So before the buy... Deontay Johnson targeted 39 times for 172 yards. Afterwards, 36 times for 257 yards. 85 more yards, three fewer targets. That's a big difference. Deontay Johnson and Kenny Pickett getting on the same page. Uh, George Pickens' uh, targets dropped a bit. Uh, Yards stayed around the same. Another two touchdowns since the bye week. That's been the same. The big change for Kenny Pickett, he stopped throwing interceptions, and he got on the same page with Deontay Johnson. Now, a big deal here is, on passes thrown to Deontay Johnson, that's where most of the Steelers' interceptions came from. Six of the Steelers' interceptions have been on passes to Deontay Johnson. Before the bye week, we saw three interceptions from Kenny Pickett. Half of his six before the bye were on passes to Deontay Johnson. Since the bye, he hasn't done it. He has zero interceptions when targeting Deontay Johnson. In fact, Kenny Pickett only has the one interception, and that was And against the Raiders uh, when he threw it to Connor Hayward. Kenny Pickett's improvements mean the Steelers can more reliably move the ball up the field without, you know, their drive stalling. And that has allowed the Steelers, even when their run game is just okay and not going good, like this last game where it was under four yards per carry, that's not good. But that's not bad. You can still establish the run. You can stick with it. When you start getting – and you're only gaining around two yards a run, that's when you see teams have to give it up. You you just – you can't extend – you can't have extended drives if you're not gaining better yards than that. Pittsburgh Steelers have been able to stick with it. They've been able to force teams to honor and respect the run game. And because of that, better opportunities – Kenny Pickett's growth in his mental processing uh, has been a big factor. Deontay Johnson and him playing together, what better, has been a factor. Pat Fryermuth becoming a much bigger focal point of the offense has become a factor. There's a lot of different things that have been key to this improvement on the offense that has allowed uh, what we're talking about with the defense to occur. And in my opinion, is the number one reason for the swap in record since the bye week. Steelers have two games left. And right now, with the the way the standings are, the, the game in week 17, even with some games left to play for this weekend, there's... They can. The Steelers cannot be eliminated. This week, the Week Seventeen game is going to matter for the playoffs. Steelers can still make the playoffs, and that's interesting because that's the case all the time. The Steelers, even when they're bad, with uh, under Mike Tomlin, they've been in the playoff hunt to the very end. I know the Steelers have a reputation for playing down to opponents and losing to teams that are worse than them or teams that have a losing record. Look at the Steelers this year. Yeah, you have a couple of games early in the season, but it's a different quarterback, it's a different situation. That's that's much worse. The way the Steelers are playing now, This is this is... This is how Mike Tomlin gets bad teams to a 500 record. You, you go back to fundamentals. You control the game. You control the flow and the pace of the game. This is another reason why I don't, I don't buy the whole clock management. We look at clock management as being a thing that occurs for two minutes in each game. Right when it's really a full game thing, to me, this shows just just what you know that, that when Mike Tomlin refocuses and does this, he can he can be that team that beats other bad teams. He can be a bad team that beats other bad teams. When you're a good team, you don't focus on you know protecting your defense you focus on scoring points Steelers aren't a good team and right now they're focusing on protecting their defense controlling the clock and winning games against teams that aren't that like them aren't good we'll see what happens the last 2 weeks of this season it's going to be exciting Knowing the Steelers have a chance to to pick the playoffs. As absurd as that is, they still have a chance. We'll see how that plays out. As always, I want to thank you for listening to my show. Make sure you're clicking over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure you're checking out all the shows here on Behind the Steel Curtain's family of podcasts. I hope all of you had a very Merry Christmas. And I want to wish you all a Happy New Year. But most of all, let's go Steelers. Yeah.